another week of nothing between the owners and players. We'll discuss that. Also, the top 10 left fielders and right fielders right now is all coming up. All right, welcome to Total Bases here on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I am Mark Marino here with Greg Marino and Don Pastrito, and today is Friday, February 25th. So as we mentioned in the intro, no progress really between the owners and players, even though this upcoming Monday, just three days from today, is the deadline beyond which regular season games at the start of the season will have to be cancelled. Yeah, so basically if they don't come to an agreement on Monday, the tw- February 28th, then the regular season will be delayed in some way, probably won't have a full season. So it really doesn't look like we're going to have a full season because of this lockout. I mean, yeah. you know, no one really thought this was going to happen You know, at the beginning of December, it feels like years ago, when they're like, oh yeah, there's going to be a lockout. And then they just didn't talk to each other until like not that long ago since then. And then, and then they're just like, oh wait, maybe we should actually start you, you know, getting serious about this because, you know, this could actually be delayed. And now it's almost definitely going to be yeah, delayed. I, I mean, it, it still seems like they're just nowhere close to making an agreement. Yeah, we're literally three days away from regular season games and like, you know, money, actual real money being lost from the game. Yeah, I mean, and yet there's really, no progress is being made. Just look at the arbitration debate. Yeah, if where you the think players of it, want 115 million dollars and the owners want 20 million and no one is moving toward the middle. No one's saying, "All right, you know, how about 60 or 70 million and seeing if the other side will take it." If you think of it all, the if the if say even if the sides got exactly what they wanted, which is never going to happen, of course, even if they did, they're still losing more than they would have gotten from that by delaying the season. I mean, yeah. delaying the season, no. like, the, the franchises can't afford this again after what happened in 2020 and with, you know, not as many fans in 2021, at least for the first part of it. Yeah. Like, they, baseball can't afford to have another not complete full season with, like, t- with full fans. Like, I think if the season started on time in 2022, we would have full capacity, you know, 162-game season. That's really what MLB needs to have after these last couple of years. They're not going to be—they're not going to get that, and these franchises— can't keep affording to not have as much fans attending their games to not have full seasons like this is just a disaster yeah. they're, they're you losing way more than they would from you know just making a compromise with the other side but they refuse to do that because both sides are being ridiculously stubborn yeah really the ultimate loss for both sides is to have the season delayed or not happen at all so really this is absolutely ridiculous this is like two kids in an argument who like just can't sort it out and then eventually their parents have to come and sort it out for them except the players association and owners have no parents so they're just never going to figure it out so like yeah, i mean these are you know fully grown human adults who are just bickering like children basically yeah and the fact of the matter is it doesn't really matter in terms of the agreement whether you do it now or in like june but it makes a huge difference in terms of getting yeah. millions of dollars because, I mean, from like, the game revenue like, or not. Come on, really, like, yeah. you're not, it's not like you're going to be like, it's not like the owners are just going to say to the Players Association, okay, we'll do $120 million yeah. for arbitration. It's like, like no, you're going to have to make a compromise at some point, so you may as well do it now without delaying the season until June and losing a ton of money, then delaying the season until yeah. June and losing a ton of money and making a compromise then. Yeah, it's not like if you wait till June, like, some massive compromise is going to reveal itself and everything's going to be fine and you'll just have to lose some of the season but get this great yeah. compromise. I mean, no, nothing's going to be different. Everything's on the table. Like, you've seen everything. You know, it's not like there's any, you know, other things that are going to pop up. Like, it's on the Players Association and the owners to make this decision. I mean, I, in my opinion, the Players Association are just kind of being ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. they were demanding $100 million for arbitration while the owners only wanted, like, $10 million or something. And then... 
just to make it even worse, the persecutions had said, how about 115 million? I mean, yeah, really? That, like, how no about sense at all. Like, to- somebody should just say 60 million and see if that if anyone agrees, because that's kind of a compromise there. But no, instead, they're just going further and further apart. There's been some extremely small, like, quote-unquote, compromise measures being taken. Like, I know the players want an extra year of service time for, like, um, the top 7 or 20 at certain positions, depending on how many guys there are at those positions. They change that to, like, the top 5 and 15. But that ultimately is a very small Yeah, difference. I mean, like... I mean, we're three days away from the regular season being delayed, and they're making these, like, infinitesimal concessions yeah i mean like we all know universal dh has been agreed that's yeah. like about it though like other than that like really the, i mean we, we've just been talking about this you know at the very beginning of total bases for the last month like the update on the lockout there is no update like yeah. are we just going to be talking about this for the next two months as well like when when is something actually going to happen like we haven't seen any progression whatsoever yeah i'm, I'm gonna agree with you dom about how in my opinion it's more the players fault because they're the ones who are kind of getting a good deal and in my opinion you can't ask for a perfect deal maybe there's some argument to me that the owners can't really try to meet halfway since the overall deal will then be too bad for them but remember the players kind of got the short end of the stick in the last deal and this deal they're kind of getting more things their way for the most part yeah i mean like come on ultimately i think the players do kind of want expanded playoffs too i know that some fans might not like it but i think that the players probably do since it's just more money so that's kind of the big thing the owners are getting but i think the players kind of want that too so the players just have to accept that they're not going to get absolutely everything they're not going to get a hundred plus million dollars of pre-arbitration um bonus pool money yeah i mean accept like 60 million or something yeah you gotta make a compromise you might get it like, you got, you have to make a compromise. Like, you, both sides really want the, like, you're not going to get your way 100% perfectly how you want to get it. So just, you know, come to some compromise. Yeah. I mean, it's like basic, you know, there's a disagreement, compromise on it. Yeah. Or, or, especially of, when it, the disagreement is such that if you don't compromise, everyone loses way worse than they do. If you even took the other positions, maybe not for the owners. I think the owners took the players. So, association side they might just be losing money which is why it's ridiculous but for the players like hey do we want to force the owners to give us way more money or just literally like be unemployed yeah i mean like seriously like you just you don't want to do your job like seriously like yeah that kind of that kind of shows how hypocritical the players are but like they're trying to get all this extra money for like the best players you know the best like pre-arbitration players yeah, extra your service time for the best guys every position. But what about all like the low level guys, like the guys at the back end of a bullpen, the guys who get brought up and down? Those guys are actually not super rich. There's a lot of guys who just get are the last guy in the team's bullpen, and they're like shuffling up and down all season. They're not necessarily making the. They're not in the major league roster for the whole season, so they're not making the full four hundred thousand. They might make like <laughs> one or, or it's, I think it's more like six hundred thousand now. But they might, you know, there are a lot of guys who are only up in the big leagues for like a month or two of a season. Those guys aren't necessarily you know set for life and super rich. Yeah. But, yeah, so it's just, it, I mean, it's ridiculous. They're just not making any compromises both. Like, if if you think of it, like, if you're one of these sides, like, they want their way 100%, but they have to realize so does the other side. And if they, they it's impossible for both of them to get their way perfectly 100% as they want it. But they, but as, a, they should realize if the other side wants this, they can't both have it. But instead, they're just both you know, stubbornly sitting there looking at each other like, no, I want my way. No, I want my, my way. Well, you're both not going to get your way, so come up with a solution so we can have a season because by not by not compromising at all, we're all going to lose. Everyone, the fans, the players, the owners, everyone is. So, yeah. you know, get something done. Like, the seriously. Thing is, like, the standard fan really couldn't care less about 
whether it's like 115 million for arbitration pool bonuses or 20 million. Yeah, like, I mean, all this stuff I bet a we've lot been of you, talking like, don't about. even know what that means. Like you all know, this I stuff, I wouldn't have known what that meant like a month ago. Yeah, all this stuff we've been talking about, like arbitration, you know, bonus pool. So like the fans are bored of this. They don't care. They don't even know what it means. Like. They, all they want to see is baseball being played, and, you know, for baseball trying to make its games shorter and, you know, so it can be more entertaining, more fans can draw in. Well, this is going to lose you a lot of fans if there isn't a, another full season. Like, that's going to use you, that's yeah. going to lose you way more fans than trying to come up with some rule to shorten the game, like, 10 seconds shorter or something. Like, you're going to lose a lot yeah. more fans if you don't have another full season. Like, they... MLB really needs to have a full season with full capacity, and they're not going to have it because they, they blew it. They they just blew it, basically. Yeah, and for anyone who just one last stop, for anyone who doesn't think it's that big a deal if, like, the first couple of weeks are missed, well, you know, I took a look at the, the, the schedule, and, you know, first week of the season, the Yankees take a trip down to Houston to play the Astros in Minute Maid Park. That is a major event. It's a major world event. Yeah, like, it is. We saw that series last it year, is. both in New York and in Houston. Like, you can't just have that be, like, lost. The Yankees have to play in Houston this year. Like, these guys have to get it together. Yeah, and even that, I mean, like, people are saying, oh, it's just the first week. Like, no, once it hits the 28th, I really think it's not just going to be like, oh, well, we'll come to an agreement, like, yeah. a few days after that. So we'll only yeah. miss, like, a few games or we'll compromise. Yeah. No, I don't think that's going to that happen. It, it's going to take a, at least a few days to get everything together. So, like, right now is the deadline. Make the move right now and like get all the paperwork and all the formalities taken care of over the next few days. But of so course, that's really, not going to happen. There's no chance. There's no sign that that is going to yeah, happen. Yeah, I feel like it's almost like at I any point they'd get in time. it done, but I think that yeah, they just aren't it feels going like at no point in time is there really a chance to get it together in the next few days because you know, like they're always more than a few days away. So like it's almost like we'll never really get there. Like you know, right now they might be at minimum a week away. But then a week from now, I they're going to still be at minimum. A week we away. have heard that they are. They have been meeting several days in a row recently but that they're not coming to any agreements yeah, they're not moving at all oh they've been talking to each other that's nice but they haven't really said anything I relevant mean, more just screaming at each other and not really coming into agree to agreements at all so i mean we've, we've talked a lot about this so we're probably going to move on here but it really it would be really unfortunate if the season had to get delayed i mean like in incredibly unfortunate yeah so moving on to the top 10 left fielders and right fielders for the 2021 season so this is two interesting positions it's left field's kind of weak and right field is quite strong so at left field i have number one jesse winker yeah uh i think i would agree with that he really had a breakout season yeah, last I, year and some of you may be sitting there thinking wait jesse who winker why is he the number one left fielder well the thing is like the next few are tyler o'neill aj paula christian yelich who though that is a big name he's had a couple of down years in a row so really just left field does not have the superstars yeah. compared to right field where you know there's a whole lot that we're going to get into soto betts acuna but yeah staying with left field I, yeah. I think i agree with jesse winker he really had a breakout season for the reds last year um he's you know i think i think he'll continue to do that so remember these are predictions for basically how mark thinks they're going to perform this coming 2022 uh i think i would agree with jesse winker at number one uh tyler o'neill I don't know that I agree with him at number two. I mean, I think he had big power numbers, but other than that, he, he didn't actually have well, that great I mean, The thing is, he's only had one full season in baseball, and it was a really good one. So all we've seen is a really good year for him. I, I, mean, I, I almost I mean, could have argued he should be number one. However, for me, I, I was kind of a bit concerned by 
it's extremely like high strikeout rate. Yeah, that's that that's an issue. Might not hit two eighty six yeah. again. Yeah, I mean he did hit two eighty six last year though, and a nine twelve OPS is mm-hmm. that's an A level player yeah, with kind of, thirty homers. I think he's a bit above you know Pollock, Yelich. I think he really had an all around great year with a bit of a concerning strikeout rate, but like I don't mind a lot of strikeouts if you're still getting hits, getting on base, yeah, hitting home have runs. Through a track record of being like, able to you know have a great. Batting average I, yeah, I think there's kind of like a, there's there's kind of a common illusion that like strikeouts are just bad, but really like the problem with strikeouts is that players who strike out are by consequence gonna have lower batting average, lower on base percentages, lower slugging percentages. But if he doesn't, then like what's yeah. it really matter? Yeah, I mean it is the equivalent to like you know, a ground out, a fly out, or whatever. And you know from an entertainment yeah. standpoint, people would rather see the ball put in play. But statistically speaking, it is the same as any other. Yeah, it's actually same for pitchers. I think one of the biggest scams ever is judging pitchers by their strikeout rate yeah i don't really think the pitching triple crown should be you know, i don't think strikeouts should be one of the stats but what well, wins definitely shouldn't be <laughs> yeah but anyway uh at number three of aj pollock i think i agree with that he actually he's been around for a while he had he was pretty good on the diamondbacks and he's really he's on the dodgers now he's really had a really good season last year he's good in the postseason uh yeah aj pollock i think i definitely agree with him at number three Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of an injury-prone guy. He is, but, but he had a good postseason yeah. last year. A lot of guys get better when they go to the Dodgers. He's been one of these guys who just has gone to yeah. the Dodgers and gotten really good and yeah. gotten consistent, whereas he was a bit up and down with the Diamondbacks. Yeah, although he did have some really good years with the Diamondbacks. Yeah, but he's really turned into a slugger with the Dodgers, as a lot of other guys do. Yeah, and then number four, Christian Yelich. I think, I don't know, it's just kind of hard to know where to put Yelich. Um I think I would agree with that, but I don't know. Like two after two years, that just were not good at all. After winning the MVP, I mean, I don't know. Still, the guys after him are kind of boring. There's not a huge. There's not much upside about Jared Schwarber. Where like, you kind of know Schwarber is like a two forty average, three forty on base percentage, thirty homers, and there really isn't any upside beyond that. Yeah, I might. Not I much. might. You know, put, Michael Brantley uh, is obviously no upside with him. Maybe Guriel Jr. He's at seven. You got Guriel yeah, Jr. Yeah, I think Guriel Jr. Seven. has some potential. I think he like he's one of those young Blue Jays guys who I could really see uh, having. I mean, he had a good I season last could year. Could put him higher. I don't know. Yeah, like I, Michael I Brantley puts up good years, but I, I don't know. I would like to see Brantley and Guriel Jr. over Schwarber actually. Uh, I don't, I think Schwarber is a little overrated. Yeah, I don't, it's kind of interesting because like you can, we can see that hit 30 homers. like it actually isn't a horrible position in terms well, of very weak at depth. The top. Yeah, aren't, yeah. There aren't really any. But like you get players. down to like number yeah. nine and ten, and it's Dominic Smith and Joey Gallo, who are a couple of solid players. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. consider I, Joey Gallo a solid player. I, I mean, you have like some anti-Yankees thing against him. I, don't know, I guess Dominic Smith was pretty bad last year. Yeah, well, the thing about Dominic Smith is I'm not sure if he or Mark Canna will be the Mets' primary right fielder, but either one would be in the top 10, probably in that spot for me. Yeah, you have Austin Meadows at number eight. I think I would agree with that. He's had some really good years. He's kind of been up and down with some injuries, though. But yeah, there's I a think... lot of question marks, but there is also a lot of upside. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of question marks in this whole list, I think, actually. So, yeah, I think I could agree with that. Dominic Smith. Maybe yeah, I I don't Joey Gallo probably it's a pretty weak position. Normally I don't think Joey oh. Gallo belongs on a top I think ten list. Joey Gallo's fine. Uh, I, I I know he's got the low batting average, but he's, I would have Austin Meadows higher. I think you know he hit twenty seven homers last year. He had a good year that last year and in twenty twenty he was pretty bad, but then twenty nineteen he was really excellent. So and he's you know former top prospect. I'd have Austin Meadows maybe at five. 
I just feel like if he really works out, he's probably s there's still not much reason to believe he'd be that much better than Schwarber. He'd be like a slightly better version of Schwarber if things work out for him, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think I more or less agree with this list. Uh, it is a pretty weak position. I might. I might like to see yeah Meadows and Gurriel Jr. a little higher really? up. Just no elite uh, players, but like yeah. Joey Gallo at ten is not a bad yeah. ten. Yeah. Speaking. I I disagree with that. But speaking of elite players, right field, we have the top four or top five actually in Soto, Betts, Acuna, Harper, Judge. I mean, that's just five of the best players in baseball, right yeah, there. Soto, Betts, Acuna. You can't argue those guys are like top five players. I think yeah. I probably yeah. would make that argument. And yeah. then Harper and, and then, Judge are also really good. And even the next two guys. Yeah, you have Kyle, Kyle Tucker, Tucker at number six, who just Kyle Tucker seems to be kind of another one of those manufactured yeah. guys by the Astros farm system. Yeah. You know, yeah. despite them all being caught for cheating, they just kind of brought up yeah. another guy you know, really? by the name of Kyle well, Tucker, who happens to be really good. Let's talk about that top, yeah. though. Is Soto the number one? Yes. I I, I mean, his numbers are just have just been ridiculous the last two years. I don't think there's any debating he's number one. His only problem is he's not in a good lineup, but like... Yeah, and that's not his problem. Despite... Yeah, that's not his problem. Well, you, like, you can make the argument like his on-base percentage was as high as it was because <coughs> they treated, you know, Schwarber and Turner. Also, and it was, it was, yeah, he was walking like every other at-bat, but he so... he still slugged 534, which is really good. He had 313. Okay, yeah, I... He was I think, really, really great in 2020. I think so. I think, yeah, I mean, he had the 490 on-base percentage in 2020. That was crazy. So... I think he is the number one. Where I disagree here, though, is Betts being number two. Yeah, Betts coming did off. A, he did have the, a down year last. Coming year. off the kind of like subpar, I predicted, I predicted you know, him to win MVP last year, and he really did not perform. Yeah, that he well. had twenty three homers, two sixty four batting average, three sixty seven on base percentage, only at eight fifty four OPS. So like, you know, I I really wouldn't have him number two coming off. Yeah, well, I might just have kind of like a slightly above average. I might here. have Acuna at number two actually. Also, yeah. one thing I don't like about Betts is that he only stole ten bases last year, and that's one of his strengths. Yeah, and it seems like it's kind of part of his game that he's lost. Stole ten in the short in twenty twenty, but only sixteen twenty nineteen. So like, you know, Betts. I think it's. Think about Betts did have not a great year last year. However, I think it's Acuna hasn't exactly had a full season of being really great. He's been really great the last two years, but that was 60 games last year and then 82 games this year since he was injured. That's so, true, but every time he's you know, I mean, been healthy, he's been really good. 2019. Good in 2019, but not legendary. Uh, I would really disagree with that. I would, I'd put him in the legendary tier in 2019. 41 homers, 37 steals. This, he was on pace for 40-40 until he got injured. Well, I mean, I mean, best, I mean he got over 600 at bat. In, in 2019, he didn't had get some injured. Power but, uh, seasons too. Yeah, but that, also, that's the thing. It's not so much Acuna's 2019, but it's his 2020, where he was really... Especially the speed yeah, I don't know, He wasn't that good. Especially like, the speed. The, the yeah. 37 stolen bases. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and last year, he was putting up MVP sort of season. I might have to put Acuna over bets, or maybe even Bryce Harper. Yeah, I feel like Bryce Harper... I've never Harper been super high on Bryce Harper. I feel like he's kind of an inconsistent guy. He did but win like, MVP last year. Now he's, I mean, he just won his second MVP. So, like, it's kind of hard to argue with Harper's production. Yeah, I might have both Harper and Acuna over Betts, actually. Well, the thing to keep in mind is, like, I'm not huge on defense, but I think that with three guys who are pretty close offensively, the defense... Yeah. I mean, you're really you're really banking on Betts having Harper. a huge comeback year, though. I, like, I don't think he has to have a huge comeback year. You just have to have a comeback year. Last year was pretty easily the worst year he's had in a while yeah and then judge at number five i agree with that judge is really good he kind of proved that last year kyle tucker at number six i think i agree with that although Te tescar hernandez at number seven i mean 
Teoscar Hernandez is just a really good player. Another one of those kind yeah. of young Blue Jays up and coming guys who's just I, been really good. I think elite. it's a bit of a drop after number five. Yeah, so Teoscar Hernandez like, did prove some guys. Judge, last year. Judge finally did kind of put together a 2017 repeat season. Like, not quite as good, but like, you know, a full, healthy, great season. Yeah. Kyle Tucker and Teoscar Hernandez, I agree with that. Teoscar Hernandez, just a really good player. Uh-huh. Uh, had a great season last year. He's, you know, this is. You know, the Blue Jays, I think, are going to be really good this year. You know, Gurriel Jr., Tescar Hernandez, as we've already talked about. Yeah. You know, both of those guys. I mean, Actually, looking at Kyle Tucker's stats, he was really good. Yeah, no, I, I agree. With, I don't think he should be higher than he is, but, like, I, I agree I with Tucker in and Hernandez, yeah. And Nick Nick Castellanos at number eight. Um, I think I agree with that. Castellanos is still a very good player. Uh, I think he's not really in the same tier as Hernandez or Tucker, but I think for a number eight, yeah, I think I would agree with uh, Castellanos there. I, last year, he was his stat line was right there with Kyle Tucker's. Really, thirty-four homers through your non-batting average, actually had yeah. a higher OPS. Yeah, him and Winker on the Reds there. You know, the Reds really, really? putting up, you know, Thir- having some pretty good players. The thirty homers, three hundred batting average. In my opinion, that's the sign of like a really great player. Yeah, and then you got Michael Conforto at number nine. I don't know that I agree with that Conforto didn't have that great of a year last year. Like a lot of Mets. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean he's on the Mets too, which is another you know, factor. Or is he a free agent now? I yeah, mean, I mean I really, thought... I don't see what Conforto's doing. I mean, I guess it is number nine, but like comparing number six, seven, and eight to number nine, six, seven, and eight all were roughly in the thirty-three hundred club. Yeah, Tesco Hernandez just missed the 300 average, but, like, he was about there. And then Michael Conforto, I look at his stat line, and it's just, like, absolutely terrible. Yeah, I really don't agree with Michael Conforto. I, I guess it's going on his short yeah, in 2020 uh, season where he was pretty good. He had a pretty but, great 2019, too, I think. So, uh, like, yeah, he's, I mean, he was uh-huh. good in 2019. He hit 30 homers, but, like, he wasn't really elite. I guess by 2019 standards, he definitely could be nine. But, like, 2019 was a couple of years ago, and last year, he was horrible. Like, there's really, like, no no way to say, like, he had a down year. Like, no, he was just absolutely terrible last year. I mean, there is a way to say, like, he was on the New York Mets, and that's kind of enough. But uh, Mike Yastrzemski at number 10, I think I agree with that. Yastrzemski's been really good. Yastrzemski. Yastrzemski, yeah, however you say that last name. Um, He has been a really good uh, a really good player for the Giants these last few years. He Not broke so out. much last year. He broke out in 2020, although he wasn't as good. I, I in, think you uh, would say he broke out in 2019 too, really. Yeah. I, he wasn't quite as good last year, but you know, those top eight on that list, you know, Soto through Castellanos, definitely agree with. Conforto and um, Yastrzemski are, you know, maybe debatable, but overall. I have a, like, overall, who else would you put on? Yeah, overall, I think, it's, uh, I think it's a pretty good list. But, you know, will there even be... Uh, a season for these guys to you know perform like this to see if any of them can you know actually perform as well as predicted or is there just not going to be season at all yeah that's going to wrap up for this weekend total bases we're out of time we'll be back again soon with more baseball talk here in total bases on radio free hillsdale 101.7 fm